What is up, everyone? It is another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built-in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. I'm your host, Peter DiBiase. You guys can follow me down below at Peter on Twitter. I will follow you guys back. And we'll be breaking down. We'll be previewing, obviously, the Packers game. Talk about some Trey White, some Trey Deadline stuff. Obviously, there's no game to recap because the Bills got a uh, well-deserved bye week after beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we'll talk about the Packers. We'll talk about Trey White stuff, Trey Dalon stuff, and we'll get into that into the next hour. Make sure you guys follow everything built in Buffalo. Like I said, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Hopefully Facebook works tonight. Last night, I know it wasn't just us. I know a couple other networks that were streaming on Facebook also had some trouble with Facebook. And obviously that's our main, uh, network, uh, 60,000 followers on Facebook so far. So shout out to everyone that follows us on Facebook, but Twitter and Instagram are also, um, Active, you guys can follow us there. And if you want daily articles, builtinbuffalonews.com. And once again, before we get bring our guest on for the night, our sponsor of the show, Picasso's Pizza. For the best pizza in Buffalo, it's got to be Picasso's every night. Pizza night towards the end of the show, we'll give you guys our Picasso's key to the game instead of Picasso's player to the game because there's no game to recap. But we ha- without you have to do this with our guest, David Tilton. From the Cover One Network, host of the Air Raid Hour, part of the Cover One Network. How are we doing tonight, man? Doing great, man. It's fun to be here with you on a on a Wednesday evening. I love being guests on shows, so I appreciate you inviting me back, of course, for another round of the Buffalo Blitz. Um, it means a lot to me that that you guys and others uh, invite me on to kind of share some thoughts, and, uh, and hopefully uh, your viewers enjoy it. Yeah. Um, before we get into tonight's, obviously, topics, conversation, where can everyone find your show, social media, all that, all that jazz? Yep. yep. So I'm at Tilt Money on Twitter. That's what I've got there on the screen right there. Um, you can follow at the Bills guys as well. That's our show handle for the Cover One show we have um, on every Monday night. It's usually it's after games Monday nights, but the schedule's been a little weird this year. And then we do pre games usually an hour before every game. Um, Bills guys Twitter. Thanks to I know a lot of your followers follow us too. 
uh, just crossed 10,000 followers on Twitter. So we really appreciate all of you all that have followed the bills guys on Twitter. Um, you know, Steve and I've kind of built that thing from, from the ground up and obviously really, uh, happy to be part of cover one. And, um, yeah, that's where you can find us. We're mostly on Twitter. Uh, and we do, um, we do put out a lot of content you on do. Twitter. You do. So we, uh, we're on there mostly. <laughs> I follow you guys on Twitter. You guys do put out a lot of contact, um, content, um, comment section is open as always guys, questions, all that fun stuff. If you want, if you're not, no worries. And just sit back and enjoy the show. The real Dan Kelly's coming in. Let's get hyped. Built in Buffalo, putting on another great show. Dan Kelly, the host of Conflict of Interest, 845 on Tuesdays. If you missed his show last night, he had some technical difficulties with Facebook. It wasn't him. It was Facebook being freaking annoying. And so, yeah, that was tough. But they put on a great show, him and Akeem. So, you guys, check him out. Like I said, comment section is open. We'll be talking about the Packers and all that stuff, some Trey White. And mentioning Trey White, we're going to get in to Trey White. So, I'm going to start with you, man. When will we see Trey White? Obviously, we don't. Obviously, he's not pro- playing this Sunday. They announced today. But when do you think the most realistic time we see Trey White? Well, I think uh, I think November second is the key date. I think that's the date where they can kind of open up the sort of window if they kind of act, um, yeah. open up that practice window for him. Um, and then I would expect him to be back, honestly, in Week Nine against. The Jets, assuming he does come back, he hasn't, you know, obviously they've seen, we've seen the clips of him kind of running around and doing those things at practice. Um, so I would imagine right now, uh, week nine would be a reasonable estimate for him to come back. The only thing you might say, right. But again, you might've said this before, would they have held him out against a team like the Jets? They're really struggling to pass the ball right now. Obviously Brees Hall is out of the lineup for the Jets and you look ahead to that week 10 matchup at home against the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen come to town and the bills might have their sights set on that week 10 match against the Vikings. Now, what I will say is you can't really look past the jets. They are five and two as bad of a five and two as they may be. Um, They are five and two and you do need to fend them off in the division. I do think they will eventually fade away, but um, if not week nine, I would expect that week 10, matchup against the Vikings is probably circled for him, for them as like the safest, if you will, safest kind of uh time frame. But I would think it, he's probably aiming for week nine. Yeah. If you think about Trey white, obviously you obviously not playing on Sunday against green Bay, but most people be like, well, we don't need him against the jets. And look, I think the jets offense uh, strength is obviously through the run. It was with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. And now yep. it's probably going to be through uh, James Robinson and Michael Carter. But, and we're playing this like hypothetical game because you get to a point where if the Jets keep winning, they keep winning. There's nothing you can do about it. You can, like you said, you could say they're not a great five and two team, and I agree. You win games. It reminds me of the Bills they're team. Still, a couple they're years still ago. five and two. Yeah, when when the team that lost to the Texans in the uh, wild card round, like that team was was it ten and six? It was ten and six, and I was like, six. good team, but they weren't a great team, and they weren't like like they were in the division race for most of the year, but they were never. Nobody ever thought they were going to win the division. That kind of reminds me of. This Jets team, and obviously some things changed um, roster to roster, but if the Jets win on Sunday against the Pats, and the Jets don't always beat the Pats, but if they're going to beat the Patriots, it's at this point because the Patriots have three and four. They have the quarterback issue. They're not a great roster, but for some reason the Patriots always beat the Jets, so maybe it stays the same. You never know. And We're actually probably rooting for the Patriots this weekend, which is kind of a crazy thing if you want to play that game. But 
if the Bills win on Sunday and they have one loss and the Jets would have two, that's only a game back in the loss column. Mm-hmm. So you have to start not playing that game, but you start to thinking like, okay, they might not be legit, but if we lose to them, we get the same record as them, same amount of losses, and they, just get, and they have the tiebreaker. And you're just like, okay. So not getting worried, but you're like, you can't overlook the Jets. And I don't think the Jets are great, and I don't think the Jets' offense can keep up with the Bills. They really can't keep up with a lot of teams. They just played really good defense, and they run the ball, and they time management. But if you can have Trey White back for that game, you can have Trey White back. But obviously, most people are looking at the Vikings game, and they have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. That team is more of a formidable passing offense than, I would say, the Jets. But the Jets win on Sunday. They're 6-2. and two. If they lose, they're 5-3. The talk kind of slows down. Once you lose, you, the talk kind of drops really fast. You see that happen to a lot of teams that are that kind of level. But you don't want to you don't want to take anything lightly in the NFL. The Buccaneers just lost to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the Buccaneers are not that good, but the Panthers are trying to lose. Like, not trying to lose, but they're selling. Like they traded CMC. They're keeping with PJ Walker. Brian Burns has been rumored to be um potential be traded. Obviously, they're asking for a lot. So they're not contending. They're not trying to win games. And the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, and they're not the same team as they were last year, the team that won the Super Bowl, but they lost to the Panthers. So you cannot take anybody lightly in the NFL. And I I agree with you. And I, I don't even know that the bigger issue is necessarily the Bills head to head with the Jets themselves. It's like if the Jets win this weekend and for some reason, you know, Aaron Rodgers and co upset the bills on Sunday night, then that's the same amount of losses. And all of a sudden, like you're feeling a little bit more uncomfortable, not that the bills should be in any way thought of as being, you know, less likely to win the division, but it it is still putting pressure on you that you do have to win the games you're supposed to win. Then if you're the bills and obviously the second half of the schedule does look a little bit easier than what we just went through during the first half counting this Packers game. But yeah, I mean, the bills right now just have to keep putting the pressure on the rest of the teams in the division. And, um, and I do think that the jets will fall off. They, you know, they beat yeah, a, a really bad Steelers team They beat this Packers team. We're about to play. Who's obviously not the same team that we thought bad, they were a bad Denver team a, a with very bad Denver team, a very bad Denver team. So that Cleveland um, game where they recovered an onside kick, like yeah. that doesn't yep. happen. It, it's just have got a lot of luck this year with backup quarterbacks and just bad teams. And you know what? They took care of business. So I guess they're doing what they have to do. They're doing what they have to do. And like Robert Sala doesn't care how they these wins come, right? Like he's well, they're cool. they're they're overperforming against expectations for sure this year. Now, this is probably maybe what they had envisioned maybe a year from now maybe with some better quarterback play, but like the jets in Robert Sala's mind are overachieving. And I think that's probably why you see the jets make a move to trade for a James Robinson, even though like we don't really think there are a huge threat in the AFC, but if you're Robert Sala and you're Joe Douglas and you're like, Hey, maybe we're a little out of schedule wins, maybe their luck, whatever, but at least they're showing the Jets fan base that they're willing to take a shot and trying to make the playoffs in a year where they've started out five and two. And I can respect that. And also if you're Robert Sala, your, your job is based on wins and losses. Like you have to win games to stay in the national football. He had a bad for last year, but nobody, what are they? I think they were four and 13 and that was their record, but nobody expected them to be good. But if you have back-to-back years of four and 13, right. then your year three is like, if you don't win 10, 11 games, 
you're you're in, you're, you're in a situation. People will be you, calling you, for your head. You have to win games in this in this league to stay around. And if he had back to back four one wins around that nature, then it would be a problem for him. So he's trying to win games. <laughs> you absolutely, and you can be a you can be the the bell of the ball per se when you're hired. Look at Matt Rule, right? Like yes. there was a lot of smoke being blown up hit like up his ass right when he was hired like hey this is the next this is the guy from Baylor he's going to take the Panthers offense to the next level and then fast forward like not even two years later and he's like the laughing stock head coach of the NFL and he's the first coach fired in 2022 so that flame can go out really quickly now for Robert Sala I think it's a little bit different because he is a very very respectable coordinator before he got this job so yeah. he would land on his feet that's not what I'm saying but you still, as a head coach, it comes down to wins and losses. I mean, look at, I mean, look at Leslie Frazier, right? He's a head coach for the Vikings. It ultimately came down to wins and losses for him, and he hasn't gotten another opportunity to be a head no. coach since. So, and he's um, a there's great very, <laughs> very few guys where they they were a head coach hadn't had uh, an absence and came back. Like Josh McDaniels is one, and Todd Bowles is another. But other. There's not too many of those around the NFL right now. So Hugh Hugh Jackson was one of them, but it didn't work out both times. So like, yeah, you don't get, you don't get a lot of second opportunities to be head coaches. So you're if you're Robert Sala, go get me James Robinson because I can win eight to nine games potentially, and then I'm safe for another year. Correct. It might give me two yeah. more years, and that's one more chance to build. And it's also I'm not saying just about money; it's a ton of money. The <laughs> ton of money those guys make. So yeah, Trey White, I. Look, it's tough to kind of pinpoint where he's coming when he's coming back because they haven't given you a ton. Like the Bills, like he and the good thing I would say from today, out of the Trey White thing, he was not in a red non-contact jersey. He was in a, the white, or I think it was a white, whatever the normal jersey he had on. So he was. That's a good sign. It's also, but not a great sign that he was rolled out so quickly this week. So I, I would say the Jets would probably be my guess. But I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out for the Vikings. I would love to see a game where he plays against the Jets and plays like 35, 40% of the snaps. Get some like and if it's a blowout, yank him, right? Like he got his like he got his run and all that stuff. And then he's geared up to go 80% of the snap against Vikings. So I but I'm not the coach. So I don't think I think the Jets he might play, but he's practicing with a non non non-contact jersey. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that's a very good sign. Very good sign. And also like I'm sure Trey wants to come back and I'm sure the, the organization and the coaching staff is probably like, look, you know, we want to be certain here, right? He's like not even quite a year removed from the injury, right? It was Thanksgiving, I believe last year was, so we're, we're, we're just about like almost coming up on a year or about 11 months at this point. Mm -hmm. So And the guys that have filled in have filled in admirably. And I'm not saying the team's better without him, but I am saying like you have the luxury to be cautious with him. Now as a player, I'm sure he wants to be out there, but you as an organization have the luxury to be cautious with him and he's your prized corner. So like you should maybe be a little cautious with him. If the bills were, you know, three and three heading into this game and they really needed to win it. Like I'm not saying he'd be out there, but I think there'd be a little more urgency. From, for them to get, and out I also there. think the quality of play we have seen from Kyrie, Elam, Dane Jackson, and Christian Benford has made this a little easier for the Bills. Like if they yeah. were struggling back there in the secondary, if Elam or they had multiple injuries at this moment of the season, there might be more of an urge to bring Trey White back. You know what? We got to get him on because one, we got to win games, and we have no depth, and we're struggling at the cornerback position. But because all three of those guys 
have played really, really well. It's not the right term, but they've all played good throughout this whole year. Um, good enough to where like they're not causing costing you games, right? They're not. They're not Trey White. I I, I know people are like, oh my god, you think they're better than? No, they're not. Trey White's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But we want him to be the best cornerback in the league when he comes back because that's how that's what how important he is. But yeah, having the cornerbacks back there kind of kind of hold off and kind of do their thing and not make mistakes, not be elite, but be solid corners and just do their job. And the Bills love that. And also helps that the next two, and I know Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, I think. Um that the Packers and the Jets don't really scare us through the air in the sense of their weapons. We're talking about Alan Lazar for the Packers, who probably won't play. Christian Watson, who's dealing with an injury. You got Randall Cobb, who's injured. Like the Packers are banged up. And then with the Jets, you have like Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be a very good receiver in the NFL, but he's still a rookie. He hasn't he's had his ups and downs. Corey Davis doesn't scare me. The Elijah Moore, they said he's going to play Sunday. That's still a huge drama. And Braxton Barrios isn't anything crazy. And it's not like we can't stop the run anymore, which is like now the Bills can stop the run, and you're going up against two good rushing teams. Even though the Packers, for some reason, don't want to run the ball, but mm-hmm. I think if the I think the, that's why people are saying I, I kind of agree with you on that stance. In the sense, the Vikings have that passing offense with Kirk Cousins, who's a very underrated quarterback. We also have one of the best receivers in Justin Jefferson, one of the most underrated receivers in Adam Thielen, and then you have obviously Davin Cook out of the backfield. So I think the Vikings makes the most sense in like in your mind, but I also think if you could get some reps against the Jets, that would be. I think that'd be yeah. good for his development throughout the year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Roy's coming in. Trey has one more week before he has to be activated, correct? Right? What did you say? November 2nd? I think 2nd, I believe. Yeah. So he started practicing, I want to say, let me just look at the. But he can be it. He can be activated. No, he can be activated, but he, he can be inactive for the game. Is that correct, correct? Correct. They have okay. to decide whether or not they're actually activating him to the 53 man roster. Which they will do by the, not, by the second. Gonna... Yeah, because they will. If, if they don't, is it another four weeks? What what happens if you don't activate them? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not totally sure, but I would imagine that I would imagine that he has to go back to IR at that. Which point. is four weeks, right? What yeah, is it? four weeks. Yeah. So yeah, the Bills and, are not going to do yeah, that. They won't. They won't do that because yeah. that would miss miss the Jets game, miss the Vikings game, miss the Browns game, and the Lions game. That would they wouldn't them. have. Yeah, they wouldn't have had him start practicing. No. I don't think if they he also would not it. be not in a non-contact jersey at this moment, right? Because right. if they didn't activate him on the second, he wouldn't be able to play. If I did this right, I think I did this right to December first against the Patriots. Yep, that would exactly. be that's right. Yep. So they can make him a healthy scratch. They're just gonna have to make that roster move, and they're gonna have to yep. let someone let someone go. Um, and, yeah, that's the question. Who do they? Oh, I have no who, idea. I mean, I could see them, you know, releasing. I could, I, I could see them releasing Spectre. That would be kind of a, a guy on the short list. They, I mean, they obviously already released Andre Smith, which was interesting. Um, but Spectre would be the guy, I think, in this situation. If you look at the roster, like, not exactly sure who else it would be. Um, I don't believe. Uh, what about I don't, who's I don't, that Justin Murray, that offensive lineman? Yep, they could release him. Unless that, they, that's. Unless they're afraid of like Spencer Brown and they want more depth, I know he's a guard, but there's still there's, that's still more depth, I guess. Exactly. So I mean, it's not like look, it's not like the Bills. Um, it's not like the Bills are going to be cutting someone when he comes back. That's like, oh my God, we're losing this guy. You know, like it's it's not going to be like that. So I'm, I'm not too worried. And I think balance, and they might try to cut a guy they can get back on the practice squad. Yeah, because I think they like Spectre. They I think do. That, 
So I think Spectre, Spectre for some reason makes the most sense. Cam Lewis could be an option, but they like Cam Lewis a ton. And they might be afraid they even more. I, I would say you would have more of a chance to get uh, Spectre back on the practice squad than Cam Lewis. Uh, Jamarcus Ingram is another. Oh, he's he on the active roster? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, yeah. then he'll be uh, good. Yeah, yep. Yep. That that kind of and yeah. of course he stinks, Roy, by the way. Jamarcus uh, Ingram. Yeah, he stinks. And Roy, of course, Roy wants Bobby Hart gone. Yeah, I I mean Jamarcus Ingram's got to be the guy that's gone. Right? Yeah, like, the only reason he the only reason he's there is because uh, Trey White's not there. <laughs> Trey White's not there. Yeah, but yeah, Bobby they like Bobby Hart. And Bobby Hart had a good camp at the guard position, and he's depth there. So now Bobby Hart, and they're not going to cut O'Lyman. Those are hard to come by. And they like hard to come by. And the Bills have found it hard to come by. Clearly, yes, so. they're, they're not getting rid of Bobby Hart. So there's there's no worry there. So Trey White is going to be a monitor, but it's not going to be a next a problem to potential problem to or topic anymore until next week um we're gonna move to the trade deadline before we get to the Packers game because that's an exciting matchup Sunday night football those are I believe they're 10 and a half point favorites at this moment um which is crazy one David one move the Bills should make at the deadline it could be a player you can name drop a player or you can name drop a position and then we can talk about some players yeah, Steve and I kind of talked about this on Monday, and we kind of debated back and forth, and we both kind of came out to the same conclusion that there's a lot of chatter about running back right now for the Bills. Obviously, there was a big faction of Bills Mafia that were interested in acquiring Christian McCaffrey, yeah. um, but you could make the case that really running back is not the biggest position of need that the Bills could address here at the trade deadline. Now there are some guys I'd be very interested in bringing in. Uh, I'd be very interested in the guy like Kareem hunt. He would be the top of my list based on his just profile as a three down back. He can catch the ball. He brings some power element that we haven't really gotten out of Zach Moss, but Kareem hunts a three down back. Josh Jacobs is a guy that's been mentioned a lot, but his price tag is probably a little too high. Um, he has been phenomenal this year. He's really kind of lived up to that first round pick that he was several years back. And he really started out his career really well and had a couple down two down years, really more so last year than, than yeah. the year before. But I've, always, I've always liked Jacob. He, he's a very good. Him. And he's a, he's another three down back. He can catch the ball. Um, he's got power. He's good at the goal line, but I think the price tag would be a little too high for him. So, so for me, I think the move the make at the deadline is really, to not make a move. And I think the move really for the bills looking forward is seeing how this slot position plays out with Shakir or McKenzie and kind of how these guys handle themselves over the next several weeks to ultimately figure out for the bills, if they should be in on a guy like Odell Beckham when he's ready to play. And I'm not saying that like the bills have to go out and sign Odell Beckham, but I am, I do think timing wise, it should work out for them in the sense that like they can see what they have from Shakir and McKenzie over these next several weeks without Crowder in the lineup because he's on IR and really figure out if they have to go out and get or make a move to go out and get Odell. So, you know, other people have mentioned like going after offensive linemen, but as we just said, it like teams are not like are going to be very reluctant to trade. Like look at the Jags last year. Everyone wanted Andrew Norwell at the deadline, the Jags were terrible and they weren't even, they weren't willing to, to no. part. So no, like, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to get a stud offensive lineman at the trade deadline. Like dark horse, like you could go after a guy like Kareem Jackson from Denver, who appears to be in free fall. 
he can kind of fill maybe that Micah high role. He's been very versatile on the defense throughout his career. He's played corner. He's played both safety positions. He'd be an interesting name that probably wouldn't cost you a ton in draft capital. Um, if you really wanted to swing and, and go all in on the pass rush, maybe you make a play at Bradley Chubb from Denver as well. Um, that's more that that's going to cost you probably a first round pick because yeah. that's just the kind of caliber player he is. So the bills probably wouldn't do that. So for me, I'm okay if they don't make a move, right? And yeah. there's this whole conversation around like don't sacrifice the future or don't sacrifice the future of your team, but you kind of need to not do a disservice to the present state of your team either if you are really trying to win the Super Bowl this year. So it is an interesting sort of balancing act on what the Bills do. I think it just comes down to what like level of draft capital they're willing to commit to a trade if they do try to make one. Um, but those are a couple of names I like. I think people have mentioned Antonio Gibson as well as a target. He's kind of being misused, I think, in Washington a bit. I still personally believe he's the best running back on Washington. I, I do I, think he's yeah. better than Brian Robinson. Um, but again, what is he going to bring to the table that's all that different than Singletary or Cook? I don't know. So to me, it would be Kareem Hunt would be the, the sweet spot probably as far as not giving up a ton of draft capital, but getting a guy that really could um, help your team and is a guy that's played in a timeshare before. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be something unusual to him. The biggest thing for me, like when I think of needs at the deadline, like position wise, it's offensive line. Like I would love to go yes. get off the line, but who the, like, I agree with you. Like, and I thought about this, who the heck's giving up an offensive line? Like if like Austin was Austin Corbett, is he on the, Pan- he's on the Panthers, I think. Panthers, yeah. He'll, He'll be expensive to get, though. They're not, like, nobody's given us an offensive lineman unless you want to fork over a ton of draft capital. I don't think the Bills want to fork over um, a ton of draft capital. You saw the Eagles today, fourth-round pick for Robert Quinn. I would love the Bills to be in some that some sort of that type of deal. I'm not saying for like, at the end, but like a fourth-round pick for a solid. Because Robert Quinn's not having a great year. Um, he's one sack this year. He's having... He's okay. But you add him to that rotation, yes. That the Eagles already yes. have, and all of a sudden he's like pretty valuable to them. Yes. So. And like Bradley Chubb would be awesome, but I think the Bills have seen enough out of Rousseau and Von Miller yeah. where you're yeah. good enough. Look, unless Chubb wants they're giving up a third round pick for the Chubb, but they're not doing that. They're gonna they're want a first round pick for Chubb. Uh Kareem Hunt makes a ton of sense for the Bills. Or not a ton, makes some sense. The problem is I think then your running back room becomes super crowded it in does. the sense of look. You took James Cook in the second round. So he's clearly, they value him as a future piece of this roster. It might not be fully this year. It might be more of a next year thing, but you still want him to get him some reps. And I think James Cook can still give you valuable snaps for this team that can still be a major impact for this team. And then you have Devin Singletary, who's had good games. has had some inconsistent games, but when he gets carries, he's been very good. Yeah. Do you really want a roster of Singletary, um, Cook, and Hunt? Unless you're, and people always come at me for this, unless you're giving up Singletary in the trade, and then you can lower the draft capital. I guess you would, but they're not the Browns. I don't think the Browns want that. I don't no. think they want another. Like I don't think having Singletary, Hunt, and Cook make any sense to me. Like I don't think that really works. I think it ruins the value of Cook. I would love like a Cook Kareem Hunt duo, but I don't know if I need like a Singletary Hunt duo. I don't know if that really fits what the Bills want to do. I, I agree, but I do think. And this is I not think he's really an upgrade it. though. Before they started, I think he is an upgrade over Singletary. I do think he's better than Singletary, but not by like Christian McCaffrey better than Singletary. A hundred percent. And I think 
I think we get so attached to their players on the Bills that we we can overvalue the Bills players. Oh, I think every team and, does that. And we I do think, that, right? We we yeah, love 100%. these guys. But Kareem Hunt, it, like Kareem Hunt, I do think is a better running back than than Devin Singletary. Yeah. Are there certain things Devin Singletary maybe does better than Kareem Hunt? Like maybe he's a little bit better in a phone booth at making guys miss. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. But uh, again, it depends. Like, is the marginal improvement you're going to get from Kareem Hunt over Devin Singletary and how you use your running backs in this offense worth the draft capital? Or would you slightly change your approach on offense to incorporate a guy like Kareem Hunt more into the offense, I think becomes the question. And James Cook, I, I agree with you. It'll be very interesting now seeing the Bills coming out of the bye week having an extra week to kind of maybe plan some things for James Cook uh, to see if they do start using him more in meaningful reps. He's had some good moments this season, but his best moments this season have come in, let's be frank, in garbage time. It's like it was game. garbage time against Steelers and it was the garbage time against the Titans. And that's fine to build up some confidence and hopefully he's gotten some some confidence through those reps because obviously we know his very first carry in the league didn't go too well. No, but he needs confidence, and that's something that appeared to be lacking in the meaningful reps he got. But I'm hoping over the bye week, having a little bit more time, maybe they get him more, um, some more action here in the offense coming out of the bye week. I think Bills fans would love to see that. I think Bills fans want to see the the Bills use James Cook more. I think um, he, they're excited I, I about the draft pick and what he could bring in the passing game. And um, that's something I'm going to be really closely looking at out of the bye week is if James Cook usage slowly starts to, to spike up a little bit. Dave Myers, founder of Built Buffalo, is coming in. Let's go, boy. Shout out Dave Myers, founder of Built in Buffalo. Um, says hi to you, Dave. Um, just activate Duke Don, Duke, nah, excuse me. Just activate Duke Johnson. I don't think you really have to. Like, I'm not, I don't think, I think what we have right now is fine if you're not going to make a move. They want to activate Duke Johnson. I don't know. They probably would still activate Zach Moss. I think that he's still probably ahead of the pecking order of Duke Johnson. You might disagree. We might disagree in that, but the Bills need to get better. The Bills need to get better in short yardage situations without having to rely on Josh Allen every single time because. That also could be the factor of the offensive line not getting enough push. Yes, but well. Zach Moss, at at some point, if you're like, quote, power back or you have a power element to your game, you got to be able to pick up a yard. And yes, there's some look. blame on the offensive line. I get that. But um, that's why like a guy like Kareem Hunt intrigues me because I feel like he's a guy that can get you a yard. And Zach Moss, I don't know, there's, man. There's I been just, Sometime this year, this, the, the hardest Bills, like the worst thing the Bills are at this year is getting one yard. The great at getting when it's third and 15, I don't know, third and 15, like, yeah, we'll just air it out. And you like, you feel more confident in the third and 12 than third. Well, it's a good thing to have that you feel like we're confident in third and 12. But you also got to get the yard, yard instead of running Josh, Josh Allen right into the ground every time. Because you would like to be able yeah. to hand it off and get a yard and a half and just move on. It is weird to think about, right? That it's like <laughs> you feel more confident. For, for, like you're like you're like third and seven feels a little bit more comforting than it feels a, easier. Uh, yeah, they make it so hard on third and one sometimes. Like they hand it off to Zach uh, Isaiah McKenzie. They do 
They they just get too cute sometimes on the short yardage plays, and it drives me nuts. But we're five and one, so I guess we're nitpicking there. Um, Lance is coming in. What's up? Yeah, I don't think Indy's gonna give us Nel- uh, Quentin Nelson. No, I don't think that's gonna be. But yeah, it'd be awesome if the Bills hit on like a Quentin Nelson. That would also help the offensive line if we kind of hit on a draft pick. Well, they haven't invested Enough. early draft round capital no. on offensive line in McBean in Bean's entire tenure. Right, the yeah. earliest they've picked an offensive lineman was when they traded up for Cody Ford, it's and like maybe there's a little bit of a. A sting there from that still yeah, so if that works out then you're we're not really if that works out then it's uh the offensive line looks a little according for it turns out to it turns out to be a very good offensive lineman or turned out to be a very good offensive lineman then i think it would look a little different right now different but, conversation yeah but somebody like jim uh jameer slayer uh who's on the chargers right now um slayer siler yeah i think that's marty siler yeah yes mm-hmm. he was he was he was a late pick and he's having was he late pick i remember nah, he was Third it was day round? two, day two, I think. Okay, but there's yeah. somebody he was coming out during when I did my board, and I was like, okay, I think he could be a legit offensive lineman. Of, yeah, he's, he is. He was nice. He was and nice. He is. Yeah, and somebody like I know that the Bills didn't have a chance to draft him, but Zion Johnson, love Zion. Yeah, somebody like that. Um, I was on. A, I was on the Zion train pre-draft. Yes. I'm I not against totally Kyrie. This is also not a shot at Kyrie. No, not at all. Not at all. Good. But I think the Bills could have. I was fine with the Bills what they did in the draft. I'm not mad. But like, yeah, somebody like that offensive lineman. I still think when we get the draft time. Not for a couple months, everybody do love me some draft time, but um, offensive guard is gonna be a hot topic for the Bills in the first round. Um, so I'm gonna be preaching for them to take an offensive lineman either in, in round one or just go boring. I know it's not exciting and flashy, but go boring, and I'll be okay with that. I mean, Dallas, Dallas is a good model to follow if you really want to try to build that offensive line. Like yeah. They had mid to late round first round picks, they and it's Dallas, right? Like, they're they're Jerry Jones loves to make the splashy move. And for some, like for some of those years, they went and went ahead and kept investing in offensive line. And for a couple of years there, that Dallas offensive line was head and shoulders above the rest of the offensive lines in the NFL. And, and they were so rock solid. And so there is some, you know, there is some credence to making those investments in the draft and not having to pay, uh, like a mid-tier guard, $8 million to come here for one year. And I'm not, that's, you know, I like Roger Saffold, but like there are better guards out there than him. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. That could be had for few. Yes. This is this also highlights why people aren't willing to trade good offensive yes, line. Because <laughs> most people don't have enough. Even the good offensive line don't have enough. Or if one gets injured, their depth is not there. Um, 
Alpha Rob's coming in. Bills don't need to trade their dominant already. Look, yeah, the Bills are great, but if you think you can win the Super Bowl and most of the majority of the league and the Bills fan base and the Bills brass think they can win the Super Bowl, then if you there's if there's an opportunity to make your team better without completely, completely gutting your future draft picks, you gotta win the Super Bowl because as we know, as most fans, Super Bowls don't happen that much. So you gotta yeah. you gotta go get one if you they, can. They swung for Von Miller. Like this could be, and I've said this before. We will look back potentially on 2022 when the Josh Allen era is over in Buffalo, which will eventually be years from now. There is a chance we look back on 2022 and say that Bill's roster was the best roster they had in the Josh Allen era. It's very possible we say that like 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, if you want to compare it to like fantasy football, like you might be the best team in your fantasy league, but you're going to try to trade you're still going to try to trade a couple bench guys that you have that you're not using to go get that one stud yeah. to make sure you're going to win the league, right? Or like future draft picks in that league if you're doing a dynasty. Yeah. So like you, you, you're always trying to improve regardless if you think you're dominant. But it's a, this is real life. I get it. And I kind of agree with Alpha Robbie. Your bills don't need a trade. I do think the best move for them is to see how it works out with this slot and determine later on, oh, late November if you can make a play for Odell, that to me seems like the best uh, course for the bills. Before we get to the Packers, going to go through a couple more comments because I want to do want to break down a little bit of the Packers game, obviously, because the bills take, take them on, on Sunday night football on Sunday, Sean Tucker, 2023, he could be an intriguing option. If the bills want to go another running back and just kind of do what they always do, draft running back and then just keep drafting running backs. <laughs> um, bills mafia. Uh, I'm Devin Singletary stands. This is uh T's T's coming in. I'm a Devin Singletary stand, but if we get Hunt, I would love it. Yeah, I love Devin Singletary. Nothing against Devin Singletary, but I think Hunt's an upgrade. Lance coming in. Josh is so good. Um, at it, why not let him? He's a maniac. Yeah, I would love. Look, Josh is great at getting in the yard, but if we're now up, that they started pushing Gabe Davis behind him, now yeah, that's that's yeah. the new play. <laughs> but if we're also up 21 points and we just want to run out the clock, I don't want to have to run Josh Allen on a one yard run. I just want to get Correct. the one yard run and just moving on. Like I get it. The bills need, a, it's the AFC championship and you gotta, you gotta get this yard run Josh out. You gotta win the game or it doesn't have to be a championship game. If you want to win the game, you got to do what you got to do, but I want to be up double digits or even just seven points where I want to get a first down and I not have to have Josh Allen put his head down and barrel into a 300 pound defensive tackle. Yep. I, would, I would like, and somebody be what is like some rolls over like you, this weird stuff. You just happens. never know. Weird you stuff know. happens in the piles of the NFL that don't go uh, well for your quarterback sometimes. So you don't want that to be a consistent, um, consistent thing. My girlfriend's coming in. She's also a Bills fan. This is our year. We all hope it's our year. Um, Lance says, you know, all know about. Uh, yeah, Lance and I are in the same dynasty league. How, so how, 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 before we get to the Packers, what's your record in this dynasty league? Uh, I'm five and two so what's, far this year. What's Lance's record? Uh, I don't. I'm not going to say it on air. Oh no, it's not good. Oh no, Lance, you're coming in here and you got a bad. I hate dynasty leagues. I'm bad in one. My dynasty league. So, um, yes, Lance. I know I can't have everything at one. Thank you. Okay, we're going to get to the Packers game. Um, Bills obviously take on the Packers on. Sunday night, and don't miss our show next Wednesday as we're breaking down, recapping the Packers game, as well as previewing the Jets game. Back to our normal kind of show schedule. The bye week kind of threw me, and he's 0-7. Yeah, uh, I just played him a couple weeks ago. It, I mean, I 
uh, in Lance's defense, let me just say this. In Lance's defense, I will say this. In Lance's defense, he took over a team this year that someone that like someone dropped. So he oh, took over. Oh, he didn't draft this team. No, no. This is the third year of this league. Okay. And so Lance is he's trying to make moves. He's, um, he's coming in. He's coming in for Matt Rule, basically. Yes. He's coming in Lan- to figure it Lan- out. Figuring Lance it out. Is taking over the 0-16 Detroit Lions. Oh, that's the Cleveland Browns. He's got some players. He's got some players. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna put him, I'm not gonna put him two on the spot here, but he had he's had some rough luck. He has Trey Lance as a cornerstone, obviously injured. That didn't go well. He's got Dalvin Cook. He's got some nice players. He's got Michael Pitt. Like he's got some nice players, but he's had some tough luck with injuries. He had David rebuilding Njoku, David Njoku's injured, obviously. He's got James Cook. He's got Dalvin Cook. Um, and like I said, he's got Trey Lance, which obviously hurt him for this year, but he's got he's got some potential there. So I don't want to you know, Lance is doing his best here with the with what he's got. He's playing the cards that he's been dealt, and he's he's trying his best. Yeah, he's coming in. He's he's trying to, like you said, the zero and sixteen lines. He's coming in to regroup that franchise. It's give you a come at his press conference. Three to five year build, guys. Three to five year build. Um, getting on to the Green Bay Packers, who are currently sitting at three and four at this yeah. point of the year, coming off a twenty three to twenty one loss to the Commanders. Some key player matchups against actually no before we get to the key player matchups something that the Packers I didn't write out but um the run game for the Packers how do you think the Bills because at this point that's their best offense Bills go against the run game if the Packers decide to run the ball because they ran the ball 12 times last game um how do you think the Bills stack up against their run game you know um I think they stack up pretty well. What I would say is the Bills really need to um the Bills really need to to play well on first down defense. Okay. So they're the Bills are only 19th overall in DVOA and third down defense. And you can't give Rodgers in that team free sets of downs. Um so the Bills on first down, I think, really need to set the tone against this Packers run game. And and force the Packers as much as you can into some third and long situations. Um, the Packers, for what you know, for what they are, they're they're not the offense that they've been in prior yeah. years. Obviously, their skill position players around Rodgers are not what they have. But that duo of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is still something to to build on. And if the Packers were smart. They would probably kind of try to feed those guys early in this game, limit the number of possessions that the Bills have, and almost play keep away from this Bills offense. As crazy as that sounds, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, that probably is the Packers' most um, best chance at winning this game. And I will say with their running game, in the past couple years with Matt LaFleur as their coordinator, when the Packers have run the ball well, in games has been those have been their best and most dominating wins that they've had. It hasn't really been when Rodgers airs it out 40, 50 times. It's been when Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon get it going on the ground and they run the ball well that the Packers really look like a dominant team. Um and they've had they had a couple of those games early in this season where they did look like that, but they've gone away from that recently. Aaron Jones has still been involved in the passing game, but that's a duo you need to lean on right now if you're the Packers, that rushing offense, as much as you'd love 
um, as much as you have Aaron Rodgers, who is going to go down on the one of the greatest of all time yeah. to play the position, like you got to look yourself in the mirror of your Matt LaFleur and say like our best chance of winning this game against the bills is, is trying to run the ball with, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah. And that gets me to one of the key player matchups against the Packers. And that is Daquan Jones and Oliver versus Aaron yep. Jones and um, AJ Dillon. Like the Packers, like you said, I agree with this completely. Their number one skill set, our number one path to victory on offense is running the ball. But they've been they've shown at times this year to, to run the ball, but they've also shown at times that they don't want to run the ball. They lost mm-hmm. the commanders last week by two, and that's obviously the most recent game they played. And they ran the ball 12 times. They gave Aaron Jones eight carries and they gave AJ Dillon four. I'm not they weren't great with the carries, though. That is true. They uh, Jones 2.9 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, 3.8 yards per carry. So they weren't anything special with those carries. But Rodgers only threw for 194 yards on 35 attempts and completed 23 passes. So I think if you're the Packers, you want to run the ball. And I think keeping the ball out of the Bills' hands is what you want to do. And I, I think the Packers have a solid defense. They've had a, a, probably better than solid. They have a good defense. you got some solid players there. But the Bills' offense have been able to score against practically anybody this year. So if you're the Packers, you do. I don't know if you can get in a shootout. I don't think Aaron Rodgers yeah. has the weapons. And is is Allen Lazard playing this weekend? Because I rem, I remember. He, yeah, he's questionable as of right now. I know he had an injury in the game last week, but um, Randall Cobb he, is out. Randall Cobb is out. Christian Watson is is questionable. I know I read something earlier this week. So so uh, Lazard didn't practice today. Um, they they did get Sammy Watkins back. Last okay. week, so he's he back. for thirty six yards last week on four yep. targets, and and Christian Watson, um, I believe he didn't play is, last week. So. Yeah, I believe is out. So uh, they have no receivers at this point. He did. Either. He did. Watson did come back to practice today, though. So like, it's going to be a hodgepodge, like it's been for them all year. They've got Dubs, obviously. They've got Robert Tunyon at tight end. Sammy Watkins is back in the mix. So it could it could end up being two rookies. Um, and Sammy Watkins as the top three receivers for the yeah. for the Packers this week if Alan Lazard um, does not play. So we'll we'll see um, if Lazard plays and they have Lazard, Watkins, Dubs, Watson. Like that's something. But Randall Cobb's been had been a safety blanket a little bit for Rogers Theater. I will say Alan Lazard has kind of picked up his game recently, obviously yeah. before the injury. So. According to PFF, Randall Cobb's their number one. If you feel like PFF, the number one rated player. According to PFF on as Randall Cobb, number two is Aaron Jones. And, yeah, if you're the Packers, you're going to have to run the ball. And matchup, and Lance is coming in here. I think this is a perfect matchup we can talk about. Mr. Jair Alexander going up against Stefan Diggs. Well, what are your thoughts on that matchup, David? Well, it doesn't bother. It doesn't worry me. And the reason I say that is because we've Stefan Diggs has gone up against Jalen Ramsey this year, had his way with Jalen Ramsey. He's gone up against other good corners this year. And really, you know, I mean, I know Xavier Howard was, was not a hundred percent when we played the dolphins, but the fact of the matter is, is like Stefan Diggs is one of the very rare alpha receivers who is just matchup proof. I mean, like, is Jair Alexander going to slow Stefan Diggs down? Like, I'm not even going to go that far. Like, Jalen Ramsey didn't slow Stefan Diggs down. Um, Jair Alexander is is up there. He's in the top five, I think, corners in the in the league, maybe top three. Um, but 
that's was that was said about Jalen Ramsey too. And Jalen Ramsey was a top ten NFL overall NFL player per the player you know voting going into this season, and and that was warranted, I think. And and so I'm not really worried about that matchup. It'll be a fun matchup to watch because I think those guys will be super competitive and it'll be fiery. But I wouldn't be worried too much if I was the Bills and Stephon Diggs that you can't get yours against Jair Alexander. I mean, Jair Alexander has shut down some guys this year, like Garrett Wilson and others, but like he hasn't gone up against a guy like Stefan Diggs yet Mm-mm. this year. It wasn't since I think week week one when they played the Vikings and Justin Jefferson that he's really had a a, a huge test. And Jay Judd has had a great game that game. Yep, he, I think he torched them. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I think Diggs, like you said, can go up against anybody. He's proven that Jalen Ramsey's probably still the best corner in the National Football League, or he was heading into the year. You can have that debate if you want. And Diggs found a way um, to do his thing. Another matchup or another positional matchup, I would say, is David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari, yeah. Bakhtiari, I always mess his name up. He was a limited participant um, today in practice. He was obviously dealing with a knee injury. He's a major factor because he's one of the best tackles in the NFL, and he keeps – Obviously, Aaron Rodgers protected. I think Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau going up against a backup there is a huge situation for the Packers because, one, the Packers offense has been unstable this year, not being able to really move the ball consistently through the air and all that stuff. If you're going to get constant pressure on Aaron Rodgers, it's just going to make it harder with a depleted and not a super talented receiving corpse at this point or proven receiving corpse. Then you have pressure and Von Miller and Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham and Epinetta getting after the getting after Aaron Rodgers. I think that could be a major factor for the Packers. So that's something we want to keep a, an eye on. Rashawn Gary in our practice today. He's dealing with a concussion. That is something we want to obviously limit. Um Alan Lazard didn't practice today. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice today. He's gonna play obviously he has a, a right thumb injury but he'll play. Um, and then Sammy Watkins was, of course, a limited participant because when is Sammy not, Watkins not a limited hey, participant? Hey, limited participant for him is like a full participant for yeah. other and then else. Christian Watson is was a limited participant as well. And I want to hear Jeff, Jeff's coming in. I would imagine Green Bay would be pretty fired up to try to win after losing to Washington. I don't know if they will be. I think they're more. Wouldn't um, they have been fired up after they lost to the Jets and they still lost the the, the following or the Giants? I mean, I mean, they're they're on a skid, right? They've lost three in three a row. In a row. Giants, and, Jets, and, and, and listen to this. I mean, in their last three games, so against the Giants, they had ninety four rushing yards. Against the Jets, they had sixty, and against the Commanders, they had thirty eight. So they're going in the wrong way when it comes to the rushing yards. In the three game, in the four games prior to that, where they were three and one, they had a game of two hundred and three rushing yards against the Bears, a game of one hundred and ninety nine rushing yards against the Pats, which obviously went in overtime. So those stats are a little bit inflated in the first yeah. game of the year. They had 111 against the Vikings. So like, so they need to run the ball to win games. They need to run the ball. So that's they need the to key the to ball. the game is it more, or one of the keys. And we'll get to the Picasso's uh, key to the game um, as we end the show, but that could be one of the factors for the Packers, obviously. And I think if you're the Bills and you're looking at this Packers team, and they could be fired up going to Green Bay, but you also hear the comments Aaron Rodgers made on, I think it was Sunday, um, that they might get ex- like this team might need to get exposed. Like that's maybe what they need. If you're like the and you can see the receivers are frustrated. Like he doesn't trust the receivers. He said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, that people around him need to make less mistakes or there's going to be less reps. I don't think the 
the culture around the team right now, the attitude is anything special. I think there's probably dysfunction with LaFleur and Rodgers, some of the receivers and Rodgers. I don't think this is a great locker room at them at this moment. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's something to be said about that. I mean, I obviously we, I, we're reading into it, so we don't. We're, we we're reading into it, but I do expect him to play well in prime time. I just like he has that kind of fu attitude where he's like, I'm gonna just show you what I can do with like nobody around me and guys that like aren't even that good. The two guys he trust, like the two guys probably he trusts the most in the receiving game outside of Alan Lazard are Robert Tunyon and Aaron Jones as a receiver. So, um. Like it, it's going to take like a Hall of Fame caliber effort from Aaron Rodgers, which he's capable of doing. But I do think he was right in those comments and the fact that like maybe the Packers as an organization, ego wise, needed to be taken down a little bit because they've been in a couple NFC championship games here in the last few years, not last year, but the, the two years prior to that. And they have come up short. And so there is this aura about that team that they, come up short in the big games with Aaron Rodgers, at least in the last couple years. And so I'm sure from his standpoint, he's looking to try to, you know, pull that old classic, like relax when he said that a couple years ago. And if he can get this team back, if he can get his team back to four and four and get a win against the bills, like that could really shoot the Packers in the right direction, headed down to the, the home stretch here. So um, this is a really big game for them. And I do expect the bills to get, the Packers best effort in this game. I don't think it's going to be maybe as easy as we hope. I hope it is, but I have a feeling that um, that 10 and a half point spread is going to be, it's going to be pretty close to that number um, when all is said and done. And I do expect the Packers to, to show some fight in this game. Yeah. You would think it's national TV. It's prime time. It's a standalone game that, the Packers would show up. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's done great in prime time. But I agree. Like I think the Packers have this aura around them that they're one of the best franchises in the NFL. They're always there, but they've also had the kind of hiccups in the playoffs. Last year, the 49ers. Uh, the year before in the conference championship game. Who did they play in the conference championship game? That was the 49ers in the conference. Oh, oh no, that was Tampa Bay. And the year before was the 49ers. It was 49ers. So, yeah, yeah. So, 49ers, Tampa, and back-to-back conference championships. And then last year in the divisional round. After getting the one seed and getting a bye, losing the 49ers, having an extra week. And then, yeah, that's, and then, get, and then getting rid of Devonta Adams, thinking that it's okay. And maybe the Packers are kind of realizing that it's not that easy to get rid of your elite receiver and just make it up with a second round pick. And I think Christian Watson did you, be very good. Did you see that stat when uh, Aaron Rodgers threw the touchdown to Mercedes Lewis that it's the only first round draft pick he's ever thrown a touchdown to? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very, wild to me. So, he would have to throw it to Sammy Watkins. Yes, yes, he would. He or would Christian have... Watson. Christian Watson was second round pick, wasn't he? Oh, was he second? I thought he was first. I'm pretty sure he was first. Yeah. Did they go Christian Watson first round? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna check. Really? For some reason, I thought it was a second round pick. Um, but yeah, Sammy Watkins would have to be. No, you're right. Second, he was 34th. He was right. Okay, so he was second. okay. But so, but yeah, be, so Sammy Watkins. Yeah, it would have, it would to, have be to be Sammy Watkins this weekend, which would be wild in Buffalo. If Sammy Watkins scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh my gosh, revenge game. That'd be. He's going back. Has he ever? Is this his first time back in Buffalo? Uh, was he? I was he on the Chiefs for that one game where we were in the rain. In the rain, where it was like that weird primetime game. I think he might have been on the Chiefs for that. Was it that 2020 year when there was no fans? 
Yes, I think I think so. I think he might have been on the team. I think he might have been on the Chiefs that year. But yeah, uh, Sammy Watkins' revenge game, and he's once again a limited participant because he's injured. <laughs> he's always injured. And I love Sammy, but dude can never stay healthy. Um, but yeah, if you're the Packers, this is a primetime game. You have to show up. This all could, also could send them into a free uh, free fall once or continue the free fall there technically on it three games in a row because if they get embarrassed on national team like look you lose to the commanders right not great that's embarrassing commanders are not a good team it's a one o'clock game right it kind of everyone's watching red zone people forget about it all that stuff you get embarrassed by the bills on sunday night football it's kind of uh maybe not a wake-up call because they should be already awake losing three straight games but it could be like a national wake-up call like okay this team's pretty bad like they're not good and then obviously you have Detroit after for the Packers but I think this could be a complete or the next uh yeah Detroit after the Bills but this could be a wake-up call for the Packers or maybe the fan base be a little be like or you know what not even the fan base I'm, I'm going probably higher like the organization that's what maybe Rodgers is trying to was trying to get at like we have to like wake up and realize maybe we're not the same Packers as we always are we can't just get rid of one of the best receivers in the league and think it's going to be okay it's not that easy in the National Football League. You can see how some of these quarterbacks do great with these elite receivers, and then they were bad or average without these great receivers. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, um, those type of Tua, Tua with Tyree Kill, like, and Bills with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Antonio, uh, A.J. Brown with Jalen Hurts. Rodgers doesn't have that guy right now. He doesn't have that go-to guy. And I think that's something that the Bills can kind of key on. Like Rodgers doesn't have a guy that he fully trusts. Like yep. he under pressure, he would always be able to trust Devonte Adams. Before it was Jordy Nelson, but now it was Devonte Adams. Like you know what? I'm under pressure. The edge is coming off the side. I got to roll out. I'm gonna Devonte Adams one on one. I, I got to trust my guy. He doesn't do that. He doesn't have anybody that he fully trusts to go up and get a ball against a a double team or one on one coverage if he's under pressure. That's something that the Bills are gonna have to do. Make his life a living hell back there because he doesn't have that that go to guy that he's had in Devontae Adams and he's kind of realizing and I, I don't think he I think he wanted obviously Devontae Adams I don't think he wants Devontae Adams to be gone but I think he's realizing it's not that easy to be an NFL quarterback when I don't have weapons that I trust or have proven themselves yep. Seth's coming in there isn't much to rally around in Green Bay when it's not a well-oiled machine Aaron Rodgers loses his school Brady's the only bigger cry baby in the Good TV. Yeah, Brady likes to yell at his offensive lineman a lot. That is something also that's come to fruition this year, that the lack of offensive linemen for Tampa Bay. They're both teams are kind of in the same boat at this point. It's kind of it's kind of wild to see that the Buccaneers losing to the Panthers, obviously, and then you have just meltdown with Brady on the sideline and just no uh no old line. It's kind of fun to see. I don't mind it. It is weird to see that both of them this way in the same season, like the old guard of quarterbacks are really struggling Stafford add him to the mix as well. Like those three old guard quarterbacks in the uh, NFC are really struggling. And like some of the other older guard guys like Russell Wilson, who are now in the AFC are also struggling. Matt it's like Ryan got benched. Yeah. Matt Ryan got benched. It's like, it's like the young guns of the league right now, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they're pretty much all in the in the AFC. The guys that are kind of, you know, the, the what I would consider the elite group or like the top performers so far 
this year are all in the AFC. And and we haven't even talked about Justin Herbert, who hasn't even really had that great of a year yet. But like the NFC is wide open, man, to be honest. And, you know, guys like Daniel Jones, quarterbacking the Giants, guys like Jalen Hurts, probably maybe the best quarterback in the NFC right now. Um, and even guys like Kyler Murray aren't yeah. having the best of seasons so far who are the like the, the young sort of crop in the NFC. So it's a weird year right now, especially in the NFC, um, which is kind of wide open. Uh, and you see teams like the Giants and the Cowboys with Cooper Rush and obviously the Dax back now. But, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't look so bad right now in the NFC when you start no, looking at the whole landscape no. of the NFC in the playoff picture, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> doesn't look too bad for, for Kirk Cousins right now. I agree. So we're going to go a little past nine. Is that okay, David? I'm just kind of yeah. chop some things up. But we're going to do this, and then we're going to do our game predictions. So we usually do our Picasso's player of the game from the past uh, game. Obviously, we did that last week from the Chiefs, and there was no game over the weekend because the Bills had a bye week. But we're going to do our Picasso's key to the game. So the, for the best pizza in Buffalo, it's got to be Picasso's every night. is pizza night. Shout out to our sponsor. But, David, I'm going to start with you. What is your Picasso's key to the game? So I think for me, it's the Bills' um, third down defense here. Like, they're the number one DVOA defense in the NFL. Um, The Packers are only 25th in DVOA defense, but the Bills' number one DVOA defense in the NFL. But they're only 19th in third down defense. So like I was kind of getting to earlier, this goes back originally to the Packers and trying to get that run game going. I could see the Packers really trying to establish that run on first, uh, you know, first and second down in this game. So if the Bills can keep Aaron Rodgers to some third and longs, don't give Aaron Rodgers free sets of downs because as bad as the Packers really have been, um, you just still don't want to give a guy like Aaron Rodgers a free set of downs. So to me, the Bills' third down defense against this Packers passing attack, which should be set up by the Bills' ability to hopefully stop the run on early downs to me is the key to this game. Limit the Packers on third down, keep their third down percentage down and give yourself. If you're the bills offense, as many possessions as you possibly can. Don't let this be a grinded out sort of limited possession type game. Go out, get off, get your defense off the field, stop the Packers on third down. I think if the bills really hold the Packers to a really low third down conversion percentage. This game should be very, um, very heavily skewed towards the Bills' chances of winning. I completely agree. So my Picasso's key to the game, kind of going off you, is stopping the run. I think it's, like you mentioned, how the Packers, you don't want them to have a kind of grinded out game because I think that's the Packers, how they want to play at this point of, or you think that's how they would want to play. They haven't shown it um, consistently through the uh, through the season. But if you're the, if you're the Bills, you don't want to give the Packers long possessions. You want as many possessions as you can for Josh Allen and company. So stopping the run against Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon might be the best running back duo, them and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the National Football League. So if you're the Bills, you want to make the Packers have third and longs, but you also don't want them grind it out, long possessions, all that stuff, get the ball back to Josh Allen. That's up to Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips. And those guys have done a great job this year. This has been a drastically improved rush defense from the year before and the year before so the bills shout out to the brandon bean bringing in three guys and obviously bringing back jordan phillips into the mix and creating a very good run defense but 
you're going up against a two-headed monster that if the Packers use how they should use it, it's going to be tough to stop them. Stop the run. I think the key to the game is if you make the Packers into a legit passing offense. And that is so crazy to say is that it we is. want the Packers to pass the ball and Aaron Rodgers is there still their quarterback. But the lack of weapons, um, the struggling line for the Packers and the struggling Aaron Rodgers makes that the weakest link of the team at, at this point of the season. Stop the run, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. If you stop the run, makes the Packers offense kind of one-dimensional. And David brought up the setter. I forgot the exact numbers, but the first th- four games, the Packers were over 100 yards consistently running the ball as a team. They were 3-1. and one. The last three straight losses, they've been under 100 yards each game. It's been going down, game, yeah. And it keeps going down into the Commander's Week. The Packers need to run the ball to be successful this year. They're 3-1 and one when they're a legit running team, and they're 0-3 when they're under 100 yards running the ball. Packers need to run the ball. Bills need to stop the run. So, that being said, David, game predictions. Who is your – what's your final score and who do you got winning? Yeah, I mean, like the Packers, yardage-wise, are the number one pass defense in the NFL, which is kind of crazy, but they're a terrible rushing defense. So, it doesn't really necessarily align with what the Bills are great at, but if there was ever a game for the Bills to really get a guy like James Cook going maybe out of the bye week, this could be the week. I still don't think the Bills are going to struggle all that much passing the ball. Like They really haven't struggled to pass the ball all season. I think that the defense will show up. I think the Bills are ready for this game, rested out of the bye week, ready to go on this this run through the second half of the schedule. And I think that this Bills team is just a juggernaut right now. That 10.5 number is big. It's Aaron Rodgers. I get that. But I do think that the Bills will win this game. Um you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to score 40-plus points, but I do think the Bills do put up some pretty good numbers offensively. I think they get close to that 30-point area. So I'll say the Bills 31, Packers 20, uh, 23. So I, I I think at the end the Packers maybe get like a cheap touchdown in garbage time when it really doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I'll, no, I'll say, pa- I'll say Bills – 31 Packers 20. I'll go with that. I'll get, I'll get them covered in the spread by half a point. Well, yeah, I think the Packers are not the same team that they used to be. You clearly can see they've lost to the giants jets and the commanders three times in three in a row. They're three and four. Their offense is not the same, but it's still Aaron Rodgers on prime time. So you gotta be careful. Careful. You can't be sleepwalking into this game. And I don't think this bills team is going to do that. I don't think this is this type of year for this team. The rest are they're coming off a big Chiefs win. They don't want to say it's a fluke because being the Chiefs. Let's just keep keep this train going. And like we said, five and one going to the first six games. I would have took that strike oh, yeah. in a heartbeat because Sign me up. I think most people through cover one fanatics, uh, built in Buffalo, any Bills reporter, all that stuff, thought the first six games before the bye week were the toughest six games of the season, was the toughest I strike agree. of the season. And I, I, I thought even five hundred would have been like you would have been not it would have been okay with it, obviously, but you would have been like, okay, four and two. They went 5-1 and then obviously easily could have been 6-0. and So I think the Bills are playing at a high level. I think, like you said, the Packers have statistically the number one pass defense in the NFL. The Bills are not afraid to throw the ball on anybody. They're not going to, like, go away from their game. They're not going to, like, nope. you know what? We're going to run the ball 30 times. No, they're going to drop back and pass the ball. But you saw the success the Bills had against the Chiefs running the ball in that first half. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills try to get that going. A couple first downs running the ball because they were – Going to the run game early and often in that game. Then they kind of went away in the second half when they needed legit points. I think the Bills will attack that run defense of the Packers. I think they will try to. 
but they're not going to just sit back and not pass the ball. They have Josh Allen, Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox for a reason. They have the best pass, one of the best pass offenses in the NFL for a reason. They're going to drop back. They're going to do their thing. I think the Bills, I like 34. I like Packers 21. I think they cover the spread at 13. I think the Packers still can put up points. I like 34, 21. Um, and yeah, so 34, 21, we both have the Bills winning, but for the Bills covering the 10 and a half spread, even though it's a lot of points, 10 and a half is, is a, lot. a lot of points. Uh, I'm prime time, but that's going to do it for our show tonight, David, before we say goodbye to everyone, appreciate everyone that was listening on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, as always, you can rewatch it, but where can everyone find your show and your social medias? So you can find me on, on uh, at Tilt Money on Twitter or at The Bills Guys is our show handle. We're on cover one. It'll be me and Judge Mathis. Um, we will be doing a pregame show this upcoming Sunday as we do every uh, every time before the game. We do a live pregame show. Um, this Sunday was going to be a little bit interesting. We're going to do one like our normal sort of 11 o'clock time, and then we're going to jump on Twitter spaces to kind of go the, go over the inactives around 7 30 p.m given the uh given the uh time of the game and then we're on the the our air raid hour normal sort of monday show is every monday on cover one at 9 p.m and that's live on the cover one youtube channel so you can check us out there very active on social media every day uh steve does a great job handling our twitter account and putting out some shorts and some clips on twitter that you can interact with and, and give your comments as well so yeah love the engagement with everyone um and Let's roll in this game, man. Yeah, so let's let's roll. Then we all have we work for different networks. We uh, support different networks, but we all have one common goal. We want the Bills to win the football game or, and succeed. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at DBSCPeter. I will follow you guys back. Bill and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. You can get a live show. So you can get uh, consistent content. Bill and Buffalo is putting out great content on Instagram and Twitter, like just normal social media stuff. As well as um, daily and weekly articles at builtinbuffalonews.com. My live show will be back next week, 8 p.m. Wednesday. As always, Breaking Tables is tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss Tampa Neal and Epic B. They'll do their thing and they'll go crazy for a nice hour. So you guys, you guys don't want to miss that tomorrow night, 8 p.m. But as oh, I always I always forget to mention this. If you do want to listen to this in the podcast form, it will come out tomorrow morning on podcast form on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast daniel's coming in late but not too late as he says go bills we're going to end the show with the go bills go bills